Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. You know, we all are given this very same 24 hours a day, right? 365 and a quarter days each year and a span of years that could reach 90 or even 100 years. And even in that, some people really make the most of it. They do so much with their lives and other people just seem to basically put one foot in front of another or at least that's how it looks to us, right? We know now that we choose to be born again and again, and we play in lives packed with adversity, stress, all the problems that we wish we weren't having. We planned those in because we wanted to experience as much negativity as possible, since that's what helps us grow spiritually. And in fact, some of what we might consider little lives actually contain a lot of private stresses in our triumphal lives in the viewpoint of all that matters, which is eternity. They may deliver a wealth of spiritual growth. And knowing that that's the case, whoever you are, you want to be able to get the most out of the life you have chosen to live. Some lives look great from the outside, right? Rich and happy and all of that, but even they can have tremendous traumas we're not aware of. So the plain fact is, you know, that each of us designs and builds our own lives. Some of us do it deliberately. Some of us just fall into a lot of it just by default. The book that we're going to be discussing this week has made me think about that and think about the fact that we really should be putting some effort into better understanding what our choices really are and designing our best and most productive life. Our guest today is someone who has used his own trauma to try to wring from his life some universal lessons for all of us. Dr. Alan Leica is a leading Canadian cosmetic dermatologist and surgeon. He had a major health scare 18 years ago that caused him to rethink everything. And the result is a nifty little book of wisdom that he co-authored with another trauma survivor. It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Discover the 13 Golden Pearls Within. As they put it at the start of their book, two people had their separate lives changed irreversibly in an instant by devastating events but rather than be destroyed they used those events as turning points to greater realities and that's just exactly what they describe happening and now they're sharing their experiences with us all so welcome alan i'm so happy you're finally with us today well i am too thank you for having me (laughs) we're gonna have some fun with this but first let's just Briefly talk about the traumas you and your co-author suffered. Tell us what happened to you. You were diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. People know it as ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, and it's a death sentence. Well, let me start at the beginning, if that's okay. Uh You know, it was 2003. I was walking in Disney World with my dear wife and my daughter, Lucy. And my dear wife turned to me and said, what's wrong with you, hun? So I said, what do you mean? She said, dear, listen to your foot. And, you know, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a foot drop. My wife then said, dear, when we get back, you better get this checked out. 
so what happened then was you went to a very, very callous doctor who oh, yes. who oh, yes. basically yes. told you, get your affairs in order. Uh, you're going to be, oh, he was awful. You're, you're, you're about to die. And then you said, well, well what, what, are there any tests for this? And yeah, they said an autopsy, they would confirm that you had had ALS. I couldn't believe it. Oh, my it. God. It was terrible. He was wretched. Right. So, so, but you did your homework and you discovered that you had what? With all of this, I found out I had ALS. At least that's what I was told at the time. But, you know, I thought differently. I I said, how could I have ALS? There's no way because really it doesn't fit. So I asked my wife, dear wife, what should I do? She said, I don't know, but you're smart. Figure it out. So back in 2003, I went to the Internet, and there I found a doctor by the name of David Martz, a really bright doctor. I called him, and he said, sir, can you come down? I said, I'll try. I went down to see him, and he, and you know, after seeing him, after a terrible flight, a flight where it was like being on the drop of doom over and over and over again. I got up, I got down, I got up, I got down. I saw David and he said, you know, that's just got to be a metaphor for what you said. And he said, really, you don't have ALS. You have you have chronic Lyme's disease. You've been biting, bitten by a tick. And you know, if I'm right, you're going to get better. So he started me on therapy. And since that time, I've been doing much. I've done perfectly and continued the life that I meant to live. But the thing is, when you have that kind of experience, it does really make you stop and think. Um, fortunately, you survived this experience. Some people don't. But uh, the, over and over, I see in people's books and in basically people's insights, they come from a much deeper place when you are confronting the possibility of your death. And, you, and your co-author is Harriet Tinka. This is a, she's actually a beautiful woman, but I, I can't believe she does what she does. She's, she's a marathon runner. Um, she was a victim of a violent attack, and now – she has overcome that to the point where she runs ultra marathons. I'll just interrupt. You know, she was kidnapped, stabbed, and left for dead. And as a result, she she's helped me write a great book, a fantastic book. You know, when you, we went, went through something like, when I went through my ALS and so on, you know, I started looking around. I really had to put the pieces together. And it was a hard journey. It was a tough journey. What what came about is I wrote a book on 13 golden pearls. And these golden pearls are experiences that everybody has and everybody needs. And everybody can get to a higher level. We, we can't go through all 13, um, but I, I'd like to, f- to focus on half a dozen of them. Sure. The, the thing is, many of us know about the big ones. But some of these I had not thought about till I read your book. And, and they're important, too. Before we talk about the pearls, I'd like to talk about how you end the book, because I think it's very important. We, you say, we all have been through adversities, opened doors for others, and been disappointed from failed plans and experienced the pain of harsh words. That's true. We've all had disappointments and failures. These various experiences converge to tell a story, and it's the story of who you are. No matter what, we each must embrace our own story and own it 
We must take responsibility for our choices and accept what those choices, wherever those choices take us. It's important to know who you are and to commit to living your best life ever for you to, and I love this, for you to be born in this time and place, the odds are one in 400 trillion. So you are a miracle right out of the gate. Start seeing yourself as the miracle you are and live your life for you. I thought that was very profound. And that's really what this is about. These golden pearls, and I, the whole the thing behind the golden pearls, everyone, is just that there are some pearl oysters which are have a golden lining, and so they make a golden pearl, and they make very, very rare, rare pearls. These are things which, because people have sometimes got really painful, deeper experiences that they go through, they end up learning some things which maybe you or I haven't learned. As Another thing he quotes a lot of people, he quoted Epictetus, who said, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens. So let's talk about some of these lessons, the things that can happen to people. I'm not starting with number one or number two because they're, you know, we'll go back to them if we can. But the one that hit me first was inspire. This is something, living an inspired life. Harriet Tinker says, be the inspiration for someone else and expect the, accept the inspiration given to you. I don't think any of us has, have thought about our lives and who inspired us during our lives. I know if I look back, I can see people who helped me really get on this track and become the person which I love being now, helping you all to learn these things. Talk a little bit about that, Doctor. I would love to. You know, the word inspire comes comes from the Greek inspire, which means in the spirit. That That means a breath of fresh life, a breath of things. So when you're inspired, you're really having an outside force make you get better and and be uh, get you to a higher level. That that's what I think of as inspired and inspire because I think inspiring and being inspired, inspiring others is one of the best things that happens. Yes, that's true. But but what you make the point you make, and I think it's so important, is that we can't just sit around waiting for something to inspire us. One of the quotes that you have in your book is people think, if I could only get motivated, then I'll act. No, it's actually the opposite. We have to begin and act and do something. We have to start somewhere and go to a place. And I think that's a very, very important point from your book. You you don't you need to be inspired. I don't think any of us who work hard would, would, would work as hard if we weren't inspired. But as you say, it come, can come from anywhere. And it's to be inspired is important. But if you're not inspired, then give yourself a kick in the pants and start on something. Well, that you know, one of the hardest things else. is for a writer to be inspired. You know, he sits on a chair. He does that. But, you know, if he makes a little baby step, a tiny little step, then quite often the the thing that it all comes about. You know, my writing brain is best in the morning. And that's another important concept for your listeners. If you do write, write in the morning, because then you'll be more inspired. <laughs> I, I my, my big time to write is between three and six in the morning. 
the middle, I, in the middle of the night, I start writing, and I can write like nobody's business at that time. And by about three or four in the afternoon, I can hardly write my own name. So everybody has a different. That's a very good point. Find your own time which works for you when your mind is at its height because everybody has that time and you can't conquer it. I've tried over the years. I can't conquer it. So that's just how I live. All right. Another golden pearl is to be vulnerable. Now this is something which as I thought, I thought, wow. But then as I read it, I realized that's been my secret too. Making myself vulnerable has made all of this possible. In the beginning, I didn't want to tell people my secrets. I didn't want to make myself naked to people, which is what you have to do in order to really help people. Um, the, when you have a quote, this is, this is really beautiful. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It's the source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. If we want greater clarity to our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. Wow. But I think it's true. And then you tell this wonderful story. I, many people have heard this story, but just briefly, um, a man sees a butterfly trying to get out of its chrysalis. And he watches it struggle and struggle to get out of that little hole, and he feels really bad for it. So finally, when he can't stand anymore watching this poor little insect fight, he helps it. He takes off some of the chrysalis and then he waits for it to, to, you know, develop its wings better and start to fly. And that butterfly does not ever develop to be any more than it was when he took off the chrysalis. Because the reason, and this is true, the, the struggle is necessary in order to fill out the wings, to put the fluid into the wings, which brings them the, the nutrition so that they are able, they are able finally to, to unfold and to fly. The, the butterfly never flew because it didn't have to be vulnerable to the possibility that maybe this won't work, but it's gotten out of its chrysalis. This is a very profound concept. What I have found in my own work is that the more vulnerable I make myself, I mean, you know, you don't have to obviously be totally vulnerable, but, but you know, the more I allow myself to tell the truth, even if the truth is embarrassing to me, the more, the more I allow myself to find the way to reach people, even if that means, you know, getting, getting inside myself more. The more I do that, the more successful this work has been for me. So thank you for that, Dr. That, well, let me say really another important. little word on that, please. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Shue said, I understand that that with vulnerability, I've always felt is the greatest strength a person can have. You can't experience love without feeling life. But what I've learned is that being vulnerable to somebody you love it's not a weakness, it's a strength. Yes, that's true. That's true. And and I find that be, letting myself be vulnerable to strangers is very hard because we all expect to be judged, right? I mean, wait, when I first started giving public talks about the afterlife, um, I I was sure I would be just so embarrassed. I, you know, what if they don't clap? What if they hate me? You know, that's, we all worry about that. But I, then I discovered, Doctor, in the very first large group that I ever spoke with, it occurred to me, I was looking at those faces and I realized they were, they were hoping even more than I was that I wouldn't screw up. They were rooting for me. 
And that's true. Whenever you have to give a public talk, just remember, they are rooting for you. And if you make a mistake, they're not going to call you down for it. They're going to say, oh, oh, I hope you can do better. I want you to like what you're doing. It's amazing. People really do that. So after that, I I made all kinds of appointments to make, uh, you know, speak to any group that would have me because I realized that they all love us. Can I say one more thing on this topic? You know, Mother Teresa said, you know, honesty and transparency make you vulnerable. Be honest and transparent anyway. Perfect summary. Yes. Yes. That's so, so true. So vulnerability lets us struggle which is what the butterfly was doing. And it's that very struggle that gives us our strengths. So I thought that was a very profound part of your book. I just wanted to make sure we talked about that. And let's see another one that I really liked. Intention is something else that most people, most of us don't really think about. But but having a purpose, learning what your purpose is, seeking it, discovering it is actually very important. Talk about that a little bit. You know, the word purpose is is very interesting. In fact, the Japanese have a word called ikigai, which summarize it. You see, ikigai is a total of a bunch of different things that when put together makes a whole. Now, the thing about an ikigai is what it does is it gives you a whole new way of shaping your life and so on. I think in this day and age, people do not have a purpose or don't know their purpose. So that's another form of stress for them. The icky guy gives you that. Like, for example, let's suppose you were a person that, that really had some pain or something like that. Well, if you could have a purpose, that pain will become less important to you and it will, and it will not hurt you to such an extent. So an ikigai is something that you really need to love and live. Yeah, I I think that all of us are looking for that that big purpose. And it may be, though, that you, you won't find that what your purpose truly is until you're very deep into something that you love. Um, I, I think that was a very important part of that diagram. I wish I could show you all the diagram, the, the, the uh, ikigai diagram. Um, because it's true. It starts with passion and mission. And then, you know, so what do you love? And then what are you good at? And then what does the world need that you love and you're good at? And how can you satisfy that and get paid for it? I mean, we all go through this, but I've never seen it laid out just that way. It's much more efficient, I think, to think in terms of going – from the place where you aren't really sure what you should or should be doing and going through these steps and finding it. Um, again, I, I think that that hits it out of the park. Let, let me interject another thing. Julia Roberts said, everything I've done has had purpose and has been passionate and has been executed in the best way that I knew how. Maybe that's not the perfect way. Maybe that's not the easiest way. But it's the best way I know how to do it. (laughs) She certainly did a good job, too, of everything she did. That's for sure. And here's another one. William Clementy Stone said, definist of purpose is the starting point of all achievement. Definist of purpose? 
is the starting point to all achievement. Explain that. You know, that I think what Clement Stone is saying, that without purpose, you cannot achieve anything. And, and that way, you never get anywhere. Well, I, I, I think, you know, I think that my favorite quotation was from somebody called Tilopa, someone from the 10th century. He stated, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. And wow, I think that also is extremely important because an open mind, um, not so open that, of course, your whole mind falls out, but you need to have an open mind because um, until you start learning things, it's very hard to find your your unique place in the world. But ultimately, you don't want to be attached because that that's just like puts you in the butterfly's position. You can't really grow if you're too attached to things that are in your past. A lot of these great quotes in this book, by the way, that I had never heard before, and I'm, I love to collect quotes, so I was fascinated by them. But um, but I think that's we, – we've probably done intention as much as we can, but it is very, very important to find what it is that is your ideal mission and then, you know, Go for it, rather than to just flounder around. And if you're floundering, then it's important to get your, your, your thoughts in order so you can begin to find your purpose. It's a process. It always is a process. One of these golden pearls that I think it's important to talk about, even though it's something we talk about here often, is forgiveness. The thing about forgiveness is that it is the core spiritual strength. When you have learned, and and we teach prevenient forgiveness, forgiving before things are actually done to us, because we teach our our minds to be irritated by things, and and we can teach our minds to stop caring about those things anymore. It really does work beautifully. But talk about forgiveness, Doctor, from your perspective. I I think with forgiveness... It, it really is one of the most important things for people. You know, if you, um, with forgiveness is an is a interesting thing, but it's this, you know, if you drink poison and try, and you think you're going to hurt the, if I'm going to, I'm saying the wrong thing here. <laughs> I know. Forgiveness. Marianne Williams said, forgiveness is not always easy. At times, it feels more painful than the wound we suffered to forgive the one that inflicted it. And yet, there's no peace without forgiveness. To me, that means you have to forgive. Forgiveness is something that you need to move forward. If you don't forgive somebody, you're going to be hurt, and you're going to keep on hurting. Forgiveness is an amazing part of life, and it really is, is a fullness that, that you accomplish a lot with. Personally, I think that it's easier to recalibrate your mind to, so that you no longer get upset about things. And it, that is possible to do. We won't talk about it today because that's, that's a whole nother, another discussion. Let me quote Oprah Winfrey. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could have been different. But it's accepting the past for what it was and using this moment and this time forward to help yourself move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I love Oprah. <laughs> she always sort of gets to the root of it, doesn't she? Yes. Right, let's, let's talk about um, another one, which I think is important. Tenacious. Tenacity. Being someone who, is, as you define it, it's persistence with an attitude. Talk about that. 
you know, tenacity is a real important concept and a real important thing. You know, tenacious, being tenacious really is getting things done, doing it in a way and doing it with an attitude. Moving the ball forward is what tenacious is about. I I think, and and you have some quotations about, uh, which are important about why it's important to be tenacious. Um, Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Early in my career, I read about a study someone had conducted. They wanted to, to, to see if the people who were great successes, like Mr. Edison, um, had, had also failed. And, and they also found some notable failures who, kind of, who never really made it. And when they did these, the, sort of calibrated the, the uh, quote, um, uh, starting again, Sam, when they, when they calibrated the, the questions that they had asked all these people, they discovered something amazing. They discovered that they all had failed the same number of times. The successes and the failures had all had all these failures, or virtually all of them. And the difference was that the successes just tried that one more time, and it worked, whatever it was. And I was very young when I first read about that, and I thought, wow, that's to live by. And I really think I've made it what I live by. I, I, if you have that attitude that you can succeed and you are going to do this until you succeed, it's so much easier to keep trying. Uh, And I think that's very important because everybody, everybody fails. And as long as you keep trying, you haven't failed. All you've, as, as uh, Edison once told someone in his lab who just saw some, something experiment not work. Oh, doctor, it's too bad. You failed at that. He said, Oh, I didn't fail. I just found yet another thing that doesn't work. We're narrowing it down. So that's the kind of attitude to have if you are if you really want to be and successful. you know really that's what makes a person succeed this tenaciousness it's the thing that makes them get to where they're going to be without tenaciousness you do not have success no i i think that's absolutely true and it's fun too to keep trying and keep finding ways that that don't work is actually a very energizing thing um, because in the end, you know you're going to succeed because you're not going to give up till you do. And I think that that's a wonderful lesson from your book. Here's another one. Empowerment. That's your 13th golden pearl. Talk about empowerment. You know, empowerment is really one of the end-all, be-alls. You know, it's hard to really talk about empowerment and really define it. But empowerment means becoming empowered. It means getting to a level that you wouldn't have been at otherwise. Your your co-author, Harriet Tinkas, said, empowerment to me is these three words, believing in yourself. That's very important. And I think we need to do the things that will help us to believe in ourselves. Um, You know, you wouldn't uh, try to be an Olympic skater without taking skating lessons. So you really shouldn't, if if there's something you really want to do, learning how to do it well, trying it is key. Um, Just under eight years ago, I got a phone call from someone who said, hey, I think your books are great. I'd like you to um, um, do a podcast. I've never even heard of a podcast. I've never, I've never heard of one myself. But I thought, oh, there's a door, and here I am eight years later. I wasn't very good at it in the beginning. I want you to say, maybe you think I'm still not good now. But I'm trying to get better. 
But the point is you, you to try it and to find that it suits you, that you like it, and that it's fun for you, and that people respond to it. That is a thrilling thing to do in your life. And too many people don't allow that to happen, that empowerment of a new idea, a new thing to try, and it works. That is the really, really glorious thing. And another, just one more quote. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I love that. That's true. And I'd like to summarize that in another way. Okay. It's this. uh, Empowerment is confidence. Confidence and empowerment are cousins, in my opinion. Empowerment comes from within, and typically it's stemmed and fostered by self-assurance. To feel empowered is to feel free, and that's when people do their best work. You can't take confidence or empowerment. That's from Amy Jo Martin. I I think that that people who have it, have have a drive to succeed, really understand that what you're saying very well. Other people, though, maybe haven't thought about how important this is. They they think that they're going to be able to just try hard. And I, I would just urge people who feel that way to stop and think about how important it is to make yourself your own best instrument. Do whatever you need to do to empower yourself and to be where other people can empower you, too. That is what really is going to help you succeed. I'm sorry, you were going to say something? I'm going to say that I think that, you know, fear is this common source of superstition and one of the main sources of cruelty. But with that comes empowerment. When you have empowerment, you conquer fear. That's true. Uh, it, it does it does sort of overwhelm your fears and push them aside. That's true. That's true. All right, something that's a cousin sort of of empowerment is enthusiasm. Yes, and I'm glad you got to that one because I have a great story to tell on enthusiasm. Okay, let's hear it. There was a carpenter, and his name was Fred. You know, he had worked for the same company for all his life, and he had lost his enthusiasm. So he went to his boss and he said, boss, you know, I can't take it anymore. I'm done. Here's the here's my keys. I'm out of here. The boss thought for a minute and said, Fred, please, please, can you do one last thing for me? Fred said, of course, boss. I've loved this job. He said, please build me one more house. Well, Fred begrudgingly did it. But, you know, his heart wasn't in it. He dragged his butt to work. And it just wasn't not something he would do. For the first time in his life, he did shoddy workmanship, stuff he was not proud of. He worked two hours a day, not the 12 hours, 18 hours a day that he used to work. But, you know, a miracle happened. And at the end of the job, it passed inspection. So he went back to his boss and said, boss, I'm done again. The boss said, not so fast, Fred. We're going to gather everybody in the office. Well, they had a great party, champagne, caviar, you name it. And after the end of it, the boss said, sir, you know, Fred, I've got something for you. He said, okay. He, he said, Fred, here's the keys to the last house you ever built. May you live in it all the days of your life. Oh, that's because. <laughs> okay. The importance of this is this, you know, Fred, Enthusiasm is not a Monday thing. It's not a Friday thing. You must do it every day. 
but it's the game changer. It's the game breaker that really makes everything happen. Yeah, I think that is really true. And if you're doing something, whatever you're doing, and it doesn't inspire you to be ever more enthusiastic about it, you may be doing the wrong thing. It can take courage to say, you know, this is I'm leading a humdrum life because I've been playing it safe. And just because I studied this in college, I'm, I've been doing it 20 and it's now 20 years later and I still don't really care for it. It's time to kick over the traces because if you care enough about what you're doing, if it inspires you, it's going to make a tremendous amount of difference in just how well you're able to succeed at it. And it'll be fun, by the way. I have never worked, the whole time I've been doing afterlife education, I have never worked a day, even though I'm spending all but six hours a night uh, working, because I love it so much. This is like playtime. Thank you for letting me play at this. This is so wonderful. So, all right, so let's talk about another, which I didn't really understand this well, the golden pearl of victory. Talk about that. I'm not sure the author, but he said, you know, there is victory and there is misery. What he was saying is this. Victory is so important. If you don't have victory, you're miserable. Victory is an empowering force that everybody must really take to heart and really make something better, more. Because without it, they fight and fight and fight, but they don't get there. They have to have that victory emblazoned on their soul. I, the thing about it is that what one of the things you point out when you use Seabiscuit, the, the uh, great racehorse, as an example, is sometimes to get to that first victory, it requires you make some changes. With him, he was losing every race until they figured out what motivated him. And then it, nothing, nothing could slow him. He beat well, everybody. Let me interject. That great racehorse was Seabiscuit, which was yes. during the Depression. Right. And Seabiscuit really had a way, he had an uncanny knack. In fact, at the beginning, he was a rotten horse. People couldn't figure him out. But he, if he was in the second position, he would win no matter what. He figured that out. This was a horse in the 30s, and it was a great horse because there were so many stories about it and so many, uh, the the bettors would bet on it, and the bettors would get, and the 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 rich would lose because this this uncommon horse, the horse of the poor man, would certainly win. Victory was what he had, and he kept pushing it to another level. Yeah, uh, yeah, that it, that really is a great story. There's a movie about, and I, I recommend the movie. I mean, I just uh, I'm a horse person anyway, but I I, th- I thought that was he's really quite a horse, and uh, he was he helped the, the American people, especially get through the depression. Actually, just. Just with he was such an inspiration to them because he was an ugly little runt and he still. I think we need another Sea Biscuit right now during we, this right recession. Right now, that would be really good to do. Yes, absolutely. All right, let, wait, one more. Let's talk about non-negotiables. Talk about those. You know, non-negotiables are very, very important thing because from that comes everything else. Now, non-negotiables are something that are common in business, but in personal sphere, it is not. You know, my two most important law negotiables are my wife and my family. The third one is exercising every day. Why? Because without exercising, 
I become a, a bag of, I become so distraught and everything else. It doesn't help me. I find that's where I get my calm by exercising. Right. So, but my wife is a wonderful person, but I always want to put her first because otherwise I forget the other things. <laughs> right. No, I, I think that it's true. I had never thought about it. Several things in your book I had never thought about till I actually read your book. Um, I had never thought about the fact that there are some things in everybody's life that are not negotiable for us, that we must have. And I think real, figuring out, and usually it's the people we love, um, maybe the, a hobby that's a passion. Um, I have a friend for whom it's her dogs. Uh, they, there's no way around it. She will have her dogs. And I and think I it's just suggest a little technique that really makes it useful. Yeah. Write them down, put them on your bulletin board, put them in front of you, put them in your wallet, refer to them daily. Because then true power starts to happen, and true power starts to happen as a result of that. Well, this has been fun. I, I enjoyed your book because it's, a, it's not a long book. It's an easy read, and yet it gave me some new ideas that I had never read before. And since I read a, a lot, I read every book that we talk about on Seek Reality. So I'm kind of going to suggest one other lot. before we move okay. away. Okay, okay. That's gratitude. You know, an attitude of gratitude is very yes. important because yeah. that really does a lot. But people don't realize this changes your brain chemistry and the way you work to the world. You know, gratitude is so important. Every day I start with a little ritual. I think of the things I'm going to be I'm grateful for. You know, today I thought of your show and I was so overjoyed with it. It was unreal. Oh, <laughs> But I'm going to give a challenge to your audience. I'm going to say, certainly write down the things you're grateful for every day, because then you'll start to help change the world. And another thing, pay it forward. You know, do something for somebody you wouldn't do any day, because then the world will be better and stronger. I think that's a very important thing, too. Very, very important. Um, I, this is about when I would ask you, you know, what do you want people to take away? And you've just given us a great summary. But there's also, do you have a book that's available or something that you could tell us about? Well, you know, my book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, is, is you know, I'm going to do something for your audience that they won't really uh, know about. I think they need to get a copy of my book. So what I'm going to suggest is, is I will give it to them absolutely free. How, what do you think about that? You aren't going to make much money that way, though. You know, I, you know, for me, I think making people better and, and more that way is more important than anything else. If everybody has a better life, that's great. You know, my goal true. in life is not to make a lot of money now. I have lots of money. But if I can make the world a better place, I think that's uh, so much more important than anything else. Uh, so I, I will send you the link because I just don't have it with me. And I hope everybody will get it then and then put it with my materials and they will get it. But I want everybody to have my book absolutely free. 
Okay, that's going to be in the in the notes to the program, everyone. To just look below, and uh, but do it after you. As I always tell people, don't look until you've, you've parked your car, because many people listen to us while they're driving. But that's wonderful, sir. I, I really appreciate that. And, and I'm going to say one more you. thing. Remember, uh-huh. it's not what happens to you; it's what you do with what happens. That's your secret power. That's your yes. superpower. Yes, that's so true. Um, and as Henry Ford said, now I'm going to say it again because I used to, I've always loved this quote from him. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. And so keep thinking that you can. Um, that's the, that's, that actually is a mantra. That is an empowering way to use your mind to improve your chances of success. We can talk about this forever. But I am. We've come to the end of our time today. But I'm just so glad to have had you here. Um, by the way, Dr. Alan Lyka is at d r a l l e n l y c k a dot com. That's his web address. And again, we'll put that in the notes. And Thank if you, you need sir. a professional speaker on the world stage, I was good on this show, not great. But check out my website, dralanlyka.com. <laughs> there in the press room you'll see a lot more you'll even see videos of me on stage and i think you will love what you have to see and know so please check out my website i would love to help you in the capacities that i can it's it's too bad you you lack enthusiasm is what i wanted to say i think that's wonderful that's you that's, know they call terrific. me melba toast uh, that's a funny thing to call a person with so much enthusiasm yeah, no, I think it, I think it's great. So um, again, Dr. Alan Lyka, thank you, sir. Consider yourself hugged. You know, I would love to be there and give you a hug in person, and not this virtual hug that's going on. Well, thank you for that. I can feel it all the way over here. Everyone, meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm so glad you were with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never are going to end, ever. And when you really get what that means, wow, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guests will be two scientific researchers, Chris Burris and Patrick Wanis, who are going to give us what seems now to be especially important in these very stressful times. They'll be bringing with them the secrets of getting more and better sleep. Now do I have your attention? There was a science to sleep, it turns out. I guess we always assumed there would be. It's just that we never found it. But there's a science just about everything, and their topic is the three keys to help you sleep deeply and and strengthen your immunity. So it's a twofer. Wow. That's just what the doctor ordered right now, isn't it? So please join us next week. And this week we've been talking with Dr. Alan Leica. Dr. Leica is one of the world's leading cosmetic dermatologists and a pioneer in cosmetic surgery. And he had that life-changing experience when someone told him to get your affairs in order, you'll be dead in six months. And it turned out that had been a misdiagnosis, fortunately. It's the, even though Lou Gehrig's disease is generally fatal, it isn't always. So I just want to add here parenthetically, if you get that diagnosis, do what the doctor did and see if it isn't a wrong diagnosis because you can think yourself into death just as you, just as you can think yourself into just about anything else. When my doctor said you had six, likes, uh, six months to live, get your affairs in order, that was one of the most devastating things yes. I could ever go through. But more importantly... If I didn't challenge it, if I didn't go forward, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
So absolutely everyone, never, never take a death sentence just from the first doctor who gives it to you. And um, this book, I think, is a lot of fun to read. It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Not a well above average life, mind you, a fantastic life. His website is com. So the most important thing I can give you uh, really about that book is just that I learned things from it. And at this point, to me, that's really rare and exciting and it's fun. So as you know, my own nonfiction books, The Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. Thomas is getting ready now. He says it will be come out, coming out this year. For young children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. All of my adult books are available as audiobooks, and there are the Children, children's book and the adult books are all available both on Amazon and from bookstores. Now most of them have to be ordered. But that's all right. You can get it anywhere. And if you want to talk about any of my books or if you want to really talk about anything, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I get a lot of emails every day. I answer every email, although it can take me, and nowadays it can take me close to a week sometimes. But I love to hear from you, and it's very important to me that if you need my help, I give it to you as best I can. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many other places, including those wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio stations. There they run them a few weeks to a few months after we have put them on webtalkradio.net, and they get a whole new life. It's wonderful that they do that for us. Many people tell me that now they listen through the Seek Reality app you can find for free on the iTunes app stores. and, and Whenever, if ever you wonder what's going on with Seek Reality, if something seems to have changed, just remember there's a radio tab on robertagrimes.com, and you can look for it there. My role in your life is just to help you get through this time of learning and growing about and figuring out what actually is going on in just about two years. I had a wonderful email from someone who I have been helping a little bit, and he told me now he gets it. And he's happy, and he's not afraid of death anymore. And he said, yeah, it took me just about two years. So there's some confirmation. It's a little bit of work on your part, but it's worth it. You can transform your life. When you are no longer afraid of death, you will no longer be afraid of anything. And that's when you really are going to, going to thrive. So I'm excited for you that you're listening now. Let me help you all I can to really live the best possible life. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, never forgetting that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.